Hello, and you are listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast powered by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out the BatmanUniverse.net for this and many other great Batman podcasts. Joining me is... This is Donovan. And this is Ed from the TBU Comicast. That's right. We decided to, um, you know, add some other flavor, you know, this uh, week. Ed, you haven't um, been on the show before, so I don't know what your feelings on the last year and a half of Gotham are. So can you, like, introduce yourself to the audience and explain your history with Gotham up to now? Well, I started watching Gotham uh, the day it came out. Um, I had high hopes for the show. To tell you guys how I personally look at it is I view the whole thing like a giant Elseworlds. So I don't really get too worried when they change things because I think this is its own separate continuity. Um, I think the show has suffered from really highs and lows. Um, There's been some great moments in it, but there's been some just head scratchers. Um, I actually preferred some of the first season, I think, to some of the second season. Um, but uh, this episode in particular had a lot of a lot of moments. I, I think a lot of the acting on the show was good, uh, especially um, the gentleman who plays Bruce Wayne. I can't remember his name right now. Dobby uh, Mazzaz. Yeah, he's he's really good. And there's been some good performances, but I think this show just suffers from any lack of consistency, even from episode to episode or arc to arc. <laughs> That's uh, that that pretty much lines up with <laughs> what we've been saying on here for the last year and a half. <laughs> no doubt. Well, this week's episode was the fall finale called Worse Than a Crime, where um, the final showdown between, you know, Gallagher What is that reference, Worse Than a Crime? Like, what does that have to do with anything in the episode? Um, well, you see, The ending Don, was worse than a crime? Um, uh, uh, Harry and I, um... <laughs> exactly. Shut up. Uh, I don't know, pregnancy's worse than a crime? <laughs> Mr. Freeze is worse than a crime? <laughs> child sacrifices and child prostitution are worse than a crime? Arguably, yes. Yeah. Yeah, parachutes are worse than a crime. <laughs> parachutes are. You know, those are. Parachutes will be the death of us all. <laughs> the parachutes will rise with Skynet. Base jumping in Gotham. Yeah, heck yeah. With Silver St. Cloud and, Tag- and Tigris. Why not? So, yeah. So this episode is the final showdown between Galavan's forces and Penguin and the GCPD. And uh, Bruce Wayne is captured. And Galavan, just for the lull, says. Uh, you know what, Silver? We got time to kill. Just for fun. <laughs> can you seduce him again before he dies? I just want to see if you can. He's like, but he knows that I'm evil now. I know! That's what makes this so hard. Uh, so, Silver's in Bruce's cell, and they play some mind games, you know, for a little bit, where, you know, she thinks that she's tricking him, and he's like, dude, I'm on to you anyway. This whole, like, fake escape thing. But he thinks that she's a good person, so he, you know, gives her the kiss that Galavan needs to see him give her in order for her not to, I guess, be executed. But the kiss turns her heart, you know, from uh, silver stone to gold, I guess. I don't know, because then she's good, and she's like, no, I don't want him executed after all. Uh, while all this is happening, you know, Gordon is preparing... Gordon's on the run, because I guess uh, everyone thinks that he killed those cops from last episode. So Barnes's people are looking for him, and... um <laughs> 
God, there's there was some stupid stuff this time. Riddle like goes up to Lee. He's like, I know where your boyfriend is. Riddle, 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 riddle. And instead of her being like, What? No, no, tell me where he is now. She like you know follows the plays his game. Him. Yeah. And um, she says, she says the bars. I know for one thing's for sure. She, Gordon surely isn't teaming up with Penguin. That's absolutely false. Goes to open the door. Ah, <laughs> oh, Miss Tompkins. Hey Lee, how you doing? <laughs> what? That was great. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we're gonna kill Gallivan. You can't. I'm pregnant. Oh, okay. That's, huh? that's so weird. Which, such a weird sequence of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, everyone is uh, looking for Bruce Wayne, and uh... <laughs> including surprise guest star Lucius Fox. Yeah, who who comes down from the Batcave? You know, who apparently he's been there since like um, what was that episode? Knock like, knock. Episode two or three. He's been there since knock knock. He's like, well, I fixed that computer. I sure hope you guys have been having fun adventures with Jerome, Barbara Keen, and all those maniacs the last few weeks. Uh, hey, where'd everyone go? So they're like, they're going to Barnes being like, this child billionaire who's been targeted in the past by many assassins is missing. And Barnes is like, ah, oh, we probably shouldn't worry about that. <laughs> but we real, but like, you don't understand. His mansion's been ransacked. His parents were murdered. And, um, you know, a year ago. And like, people have been trying to kill him since. We really think that there's something up. And even, no. even, even Bullock's like, this is most likely the case scenario. Galavan wants his company. And Barnes is like, yeah, maybe. Now what we're we doing again? <laughs> maybe, but we got to catch that killer Gordon. You know, he's the real threat and menace. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it all leads up to, you know, uh, uh, once Gordon finds out that Bruce is missing, he decides that instead of, you know, running off to Reno with his pregnant or not-so-pregnant girlfriend, depending, um, he's going to join, you know, the, the Penguin Army for the final showdown with Galavan's forces. Where, the Order uh, of St. Dumas? <coughs> yeah, the Order of St. Dumas, you know. No, 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 not an Azrael in sight. Uh, we'll, we'll get into, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of it later, but just to sum it up, you know. Uh, Tigress and Silver get away on their parachutes, and Galavan is captured by Penguin and Gordon, where uh, Penguin pulls a Death in the Family Joker and, you know, beats him with a baseball bat for a little bit. And Gordon uh, pulls a Punisher from, like, Punisher Born and just ends it by shooting him. Yeah. And his body is taken to uh, some uh, – the Indian Hill place from that, that we've, they've been talking about since season one where there might be a Fish Mooney body in one of the tanks. Donovan Ooh. had to tell me – yeah, Donovan had to tell me to rewind it. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. And they're like, Ooh, this is odd with an umbrella in the, um, Galavan's <laughs> umbrella down the throat. And I suppose up his end. ass. That was the end of rise of the villains. Nothing else happened after that. Not nothing, not know how. Oh, by the way, you missed you that Arnold, anything. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Oh, and Arnold Schwarzenegger showed up with a freeze gun and freezed everyone. <laughs> you mad, bro? <laughs> yes, but we'll get into it. <laughs> So, worse than a crime, fellas, how do you feel about that? Let's start with the new guy. Feel about the overall? Wow. Um, There was so much stuff in this that didn't really make any sense. It it was like that if if you drew the plot out without all the different beats in the story, it probably sounded just fine. Um, Except that some of the reactions, Lee's, and even Gordon's, when he wakes up and finds Penguin in Nigma's house, and he's like, oh, you're here. Okay. Like, we're old friends. Yeah, like you think there would have been a larger conversation. Um, that was the, the. I mean, of all the scenes, I know it's it's tough to dial it down, but that's the one that had me going. Wait, wait, didn't doesn't he think this is more than kind of strange? You know, especially as they're singing together at the piano. Oh, which is just like the odd couple thing with them is just bizarre. I mean, Boy, like the way Glenn Miller plays. <laughs> 
I don't know where you know. Like I said, I'm I'm cool with this being free of continuity, but that's just that, that's bizarre. Then then you have Lee's reaction to the exact same circumstance where she finds Jim and Riddler and Penguin all together, uh, and then you cap it off with our surprise freeze thing at the end. And uh, this episode makes for something that that is truly bizarre. Um, starts off okay, gets progressively worse, and then ends and makes you just want to go grab a scotch. You mean like the series? Yes, yeah, well, yes, pretty much. Yeah, this is going to be Dustin all over again. <laughs> Whenever we bring Dustin on here, he like takes the show out back and beats it up with a baseball bat, a la Penguin and Fish Mooney. <laughs> um, we'll see if Balloon Man gets brought up again. <laughs> I actually enjoyed this episode. Um, it, it was very straightforward. It was you know kind of an action episode. It, it, there are legitimately cheesy parts, like mainly the Order of St. Dumas, which I'll rip apart later on, but they, they, they didn't really affect my enjoyment of the episode. Um, I love seeing Lucius Fox back, because they actually used him well, like, you know, saying, this entire plan is redonkulous, and I can't believe I'm watching I'm part of this program. Um, so, but, but for the most part, I was I was kind of enjoying it. I hated what happened to Gallup, how Galavan went out specifically, and Mr. Freeze can blow me. But overall, I, I, I like the episode. Um, I enjoyed bits and pieces of this episode, but there was some scenes that, like, probably should have played differently, but, like, I was unsure. Like, just by the way that they were shot and, like, uh, the the way that they were edited, like, Lee telling Gordon she was pregnant. Um, the way that, like, it was presented on screen, uh, you know, just, like, the dynamics of how that scene plays out. Like, it's almost as if, like, you think she's lying or they're playing it like a comedic beat, but... Uh, We'll get into that later. It's it was a fun episode, and I kind of, I kind of like um, how we're putting different characters together who haven't interacted a lot before, like <laughs> all those people at Nigma's apartment. So it it is fun because this show is in the middle of its second season, and there are still characters who have like yet to share any dialogue with each other. So I do like that. But like looking back, this whole order of Saint Dumas thing. It made for some good episodes, but I don't know if I like the plot of it overall. If like it, it's weird, but it's not dollmaker weird. And th- th- there was character moments I like, you know, which like like we'll get into when we do the beat by beat stuff. But like you know, Bruce, um, you know, telling Alfred and Selena at the end that he could have gone out on his own, and then Alfred and Selena, who have like had nothing but hatred for each other this whole like series, like just give each other this look, like oh, this guy. Well, and and especially after the Alfred slap slash punch of Selena, uh, it was amazing to see him move past it. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, they did have that tea party like two or three episodes later. Like, That's true. Like, mm, this sandwich is like a punch in the face from a British butler, eh? Alfred? <laughs> wow, that's quite specific, Miss Kyle. <laughs> we, we let, let's talk about a few of the cliffhangers. Um, one is. Lee, uh, she said she was pregnant, and Gordon proposes to her. And, like, I rewatched the proposal scene a few times. Like, she smiles at first, but then, like, her smile kind of fades. So, is she lying, and are they going to get married? You know, I thought that, uh, just real quick, um, it was for sure a lie. But then you brought up the fact that, that oh, actually, he impregnated her in real life. So, yes. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Ed. That's what I want to say. Yeah, I, you know, here's what I think. I, I think that that it was um, probably something kind of simple, which is I think she loves Jim, and I, I think that she would want to marry him. But I think that this level of crazy, when you're bringing a kid into it, I, I think that Lee is 
one of the smarter characters on the show. And I think that from a, a more grounded standpoint, just anyone with a brain knows that you can't bring a child into this. I mean, if they have a kid, he could turn into like a serial killer or something, you know, so. Um, <laughs> like what happened to his son in the comics. Yes, yes, good. Very close to that. But I think that's her thing. I think that if she's not pregnant, it's she definitely loves Jim. She wants to be with Jim. I think we've seen that enough to make that believable. But I think that there's a realistic component where you go, can I bring a, 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 a child into a world where – we have gangsters and Galavan and every other crazy loony thing that's happened. And she doesn't even know half of what's going on with people like Nygma. So I think that was just her reaction was, I don't know if I can bring a kid into this. I think that like the story element was because this felt like a, like a season finale, which was, which makes it a really good mid season finale. And I think that the story element kind of wanted her to, it felt to me like, like she really didn't want to see Jim go to the dark side. So she brought that up immediately just to kind of have him stop. And it worked for a while, but then he wanted to save Bruce Wayne and then she kind of sighed and accepted it, but they never they never went back to the pregnancy thing, like like that was referred to like maybe twice, and then so for the honestly the entire time I was watching the episode I was like well she sure is lying, but then it's like wait then again she's going to be showing in real life anytime soon, and if she still wants to, you know to be a paid actress and work, they can't you know unless they want to get really corny with it they can't hide around it so maybe the only reason I'm, I think that she, she's actually pregnant is because of real life circumstances otherwise I thought she'd kind of be BSing. It does play out like she's lying, but then the more I thought about it, too, like the fact that uh, if you Google uh, the actress's name, there's like a picture of her with Ben McKenzie at an award show recently, and she's starting the show. So the show has two choices. Well, actually more than two choices. One is that they can write Lee out for a while if they don't want, you know, a pregnant actress and they don't want to have the character be pregnant. The other one is have her lie, but then do what other TV shows do and like shoot around the pregnancy which would be really uh, awkward. Like, yeah. um, I've seen a lot of shows that do that, some to great effect, some to, like, very obvious. Like, Angela from The Office was pregnant for uh, the second half of season four, and, like, she never stood up. And then, like, when she would stand up, she'd always be behind, like, a giant copier or something. And then when um, Ed Helms proposes to her, like, he's like, Angela, come up on the stage with me. And she's, like, sitting down with, like, a giant purse, and she's, like, shaking her head no. Like, uh, so stuff like that. I don't know if I could like take a whole like half season of that with Lee, but on the other hand, you know, uh, take advantage of the real life pregnancy and like make the show be really meta, where like the 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 two characters who are in real life, you know, having a baby or having a baby on the show, and it throws a curveball because a lot of people, you know, when Barbara Keen went crazy and didn't marry Jim Gordon. They were saying, well, how's Batgirl going to exist? Or, you know, like, how's he going to have kids? Like, what's, the, you know, are they going to do the whole niece thing? Or are he and Barbara going to get back together and eventually get married? So this kind of, it, if they have a kid and it's either, you know, I don't know why they would name um, their child after the homicidal ex-fiance, but they could find a way to do it, I'm sure. You know, like the butterfly breathing ex-fiance. Yeah, <laughs> that was interesting. Well, it it could be like Doctor, <laughs> it could be like Doctor Doom, where like Doctor Doom like saved the baby's life or helped with the delivery, so Doctor Doom got to name the baby. Um, so like maybe they'll do something like that. I Is that know. not bad writing though? <laughs> or or, she, or she, she, Barbara could be the second kid because James Gordon Jr. is the older one, right? No, well it's not what no <laughs> yeah. no. Well, continuities. Okay, like the Gordon family history. You know, for for the listeners who don't know, is um. In the, like, golden slash silver age, mm-hmm. Gordon had Tony Gordon, who was, like, his, you know, so- college-age son. And then Barbara Gordon was, like, shown in the silver age, but it was said that Tony was her older brother. 
in post-crisis, there was never a Tony. And um, James Gordon's only biological child, maybe, was James Gordon Jr. And that was done in year one because he was originally going to have Barbara, but that would have made her too old or something? Too young. Right. Too young. So Barbara was his adopted niece, who is older than James Gordon Jr., but, like, it's also possible that, like, she might not be his adopted niece. Like, she, he might have accidentally – accidentally, but he might have had an affair with his sister-in-law resulting in, the, in, the, in him being Barbara's biological father after all. So James Gordon Jr. is younger than Barbara, but, like, it – yeah. And there's also the Nolan continuity where you had James Jr. and Barbara Jr., but she was never named. Whoops. Yeah. I, so I guess the other the, one quick question I have for you guys, real quick, is: Do you think they would have made her pregnant if she hadn't got pregnant in real life? Or do you, I mean, I, I don't think they would have. I I think that like uh, that's where I think that like because I legit forgot about the real life circumstances. It, it could go either way. It really could. Yeah, maybe they wouldn't have. Maybe it's just one of those things where they were like, "Okay, how are we going to do this on the show?" And they sat down and they the writers had a meeting where they discussed all the options I brought up, and they said, "You know what." It would make for good drama if she was pregnant in real life. I don't think by the time we like, – like in Comic-Con, they said they had filmed like the first episode or written the first episode. I don't think by that point the writers had thought about that because the announcement of their pregnancy wasn't, wasn't public yet. So I don't think that like – I don't know if it was something – I don't think it was something that was planned from the very beginning, but it was definitely precipitated by real-life events. Um, okay. I, I mean it, it, when you think about the characters, when we, I mean yeah, Jim has been living with her for a while, but when would they have time to like – get together because he's been so obsessed with everything that's come across in every episode I guess it's just kind of well, something I kind of roll with I, I mean you know when they get together at night I mean Gordon is a very tense guy he has to relieve that tension some way I suppose I'm so away from that. Yeah. I just say that, that, that like, this is continuity where Commissioner Gordon has impregnated Leslie Tompkins I'll never get over Anything that. Anything happens. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, and that's where that's where you go back to what Ed said that this is the whole Elseworlds, and it's funny because if she does give birth to like you know the future Batgirl, like Stella and I were joking like last season before Lee and Gordon even got together, like when she was just introduced, we're like, oh, maybe she'll be the mother of Batgirl, and Stella was saying, yes, of course, that's a little known fact. So Stella's prophecy will come true. Stella's last. insane. What if, what if what if they give what if they uh, what if they um give birth to, like, Stephanie Brown and, like, Barbara King gives birth to Barbara Gordon. Wow. What? Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> First of all, why would a woman named Tompkins and a man named Gordon give their child the last name Brown? It's simple arithmetic. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sure. They couldn't agree on the last name, so, like, you know, they picked the color of Bullock cigars. <laughs> no math. <laughs> and and then they left her on the clue master's doorstep to raise her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You 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 say it like they've never done anything crazy in this show. <laughs> that that is true. Uh, I, I am open to to them getting married and having a child. It's I, what's I the worst that could happen? Well, it's Wait. Gotham, everything. But I mean, I'm I'm open to like the possibilities that that storyline can bring. You know, bring bring it on. So. Um, and I liked her in this episode, kind of trying to pull Jim away. And I love how, like, they're, like, driving off to, like, you know, live happily ever after. And once she, like, sees uh, Bullock and uh, Lucius and and so on, and Gordon goes to talk to him, she scoots over to the driver's seat of the car because she immediately knows that, like, Gordon is not coming with her. Indian Hill thing, where uh, Don had to tell me, but, like, if you rewind, you see, like, 
he said it was Fish Mooney, and I was like, oh, I don't know. And, like, I, I rewound that scene so many times. I am shocked you didn't see it. Like, it's right in front of the camera. <laughs> the, you see the back of a woman's head, and she has the haircut that Fish Mooney has in uh, season one. Or, the same skin tone and, like, general shape. Season one, the, like, the Rufio from uh, Hook haircut. So, yeah. Who else could it be? So, I think Har- it's supposed to be Fish Mooney. Right? Harper like, Rowe? Well, but but then like when the camera pans from like another angle, you see the front of this woman, and she doesn't look like Fish Mooney per se. But it could be like a different. Well, I mean, tank. I, I had to figure out. They, like, they could to get J.P. Smith to you know take her clothes off and go into a, a, a fluid chamber just for th- three seconds. Well, they didn't have to get Jada Pinkett Smith, but like you know a reasonable lookalike, and that I, I don't think that that woman was a lookalike. Even still, though, I, I mean, I don't think that, that that makes it not Fish Mooney. It just makes too, too much sense. Well, I mean, it looks like they were bringing dead bodies back to life or some variation of it, right? So, yeah. So, well, and somebody hinted that, like, they they, they could potentially bring Jerome back if they wanted. So maybe hmm. this is a way that that'll happen, too. I didn't think about that. I, well, I, I, I don't know they mentioned- like the whole idea of, like, this Frankenstein bringing people back from the dead thing. Well, they mentioned. Oh, hold on, because they mentioned Strange, and that's that's totally up his alley. The whole monster man angle, which I'm down for. Oh, yeah, yeah, that 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 is true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that this is could be just depends where they want to go with Hugo Strange, but I guess we'll have Strange and Freeze competing for screen time in the next little run. We don't. I don't know what the arc of like the next uh, part of the thing, and it kind of reminds Court of Owls of, of Heroes because Heroes would do this thing where like instead of seasons, they had volumes. And, like, they would end the show and, like, fade out to black the end. And then you'd see, just like they did here, like, after it would show the Heroes logo, it would be, like, end of, you know, Genesis. You know, next chapter, Generations. And, like, you you saw, like, the whole Gotham logo fade out like it was the end of the episode. Then it shows, like, the beginning of the next arc, which was Mr. Freeze murdering a guy. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 but... They said well weeks ago that like they're going to do Court of Owls for some reason. Bruce says to say animals owls, which I thought was a bit of an inference. So that's what I imagine it, the arc could be another damn cult. So what we'll have the Court of Owls, Hugo Strange, and Mister Freeze. Are you thinking Hugo Strange could have a relationship with the Court of Owls, or, or don't be interesting? Uh, it could all tie together. The thing is, like, I was speculating. You know what? Because like we've kind of been doing a slow burn with this whole Wayne Enterprises thing. That would be a perfect plot for the second half of the season because, like, that's why, you know, because Donovan was even saying, you know, why build up Lucius Fox and not use him? I was like, ah, maybe they're building him up so that way, like, when the whole Wayne Enterprises thing is front and center of the second half of the season, we've already had this character established or something, you know, because he okay. and, uh, was he signed up as a regular or was that just Tarzan? Yes, down? no, yeah, he was because because they, they, they cast him and showed him last season, and then... <laughs> Does Gotham know what a regular is? Yeah, how many times have we seen Harvey this year? Exactly! Know? He was, like, signed up as a regular for season two. Like, what has this guy done? Was Harvey He's loving even, the paycheck. Was Harvey even... In, well, and that's the thing. When you're a regular, I think you get, like, a contract where you're... I don't know for sure, but, like, you're paid whether they use you or not. And your name is, like, credited in each episode. Yeah, it's like being on a retainer, basically. Yeah. Yeah, which is why, like, uh, like Alan and Montoya, like, their names were in the credits, like, all through the end of season one. Like, episodes after, like, they had never been used. Did they ever appear in the second half of season one after the mid-season finale? They did not. I didn't think so, yeah. We had seen them since then. 
Well, I think they like. Did, did, I think I think we saw Montoya. I think we saw Montoya in the first episode. And that oh, was it. Oh, you know what we did? Like she showed up long enough to tell Barbara to like you know like go away. clean up. Yeah, yeah, she's like, you know what, Barbara? We can't be together. Why? Because the writers don't know what to do with me anymore. I mean, because um, um you're Peter, nuts. Because yeah. Peter Petrelli's coming, <laughs> and you have to be with him instead. Well, I would like to say that like um. In this episode, I really liked how they did Lucius Fox. He wasn't just a cameo. Like, he was he was commenting on what was going on in the episode in a very believable manner, and I really liked him kind of being the voice of reason without him be, being like a scary cat. I, I thought that was really cool. And uh, <laughs> you got to do that impression of Lucius and Gordon's conversation that you did to me over the phone. Well, yeah. Well, the point where like um, Gordon and Ping were like, "Wait, we we must uh, uh, preach." Galavan's stronghold, how can we do that? And then Catwoman's like, you know, I might know a way. Okay, Penguin, get rid of Kevlar vest. And there's just like, WTF, what is going on? You guys are crazy, this is a suicide run, and you're all going to die. Yeah, we want to come? And he like, hands him a shotgun, and he, he's like, you must be outside your mind. <laughs> well, doesn't it seem too, like, that Lucius, uh, what Don's saying, like, I totally agree, like, isn't he, like, doesn't it seem like the, the, the perspective of the viewer like, isn't he asking all the questions we're asking? Like, what are you doing? Like, that's not going to work. You know, I mean. Well, you know what's going to happen sooner or later because you saw in the preview that, like, cheesy shot of them walking side by side like New Frontier. But um, at the same at the same time, though, it's – I don't know if, like – um, I mean, they're, they're always doing this whole, like, you know, oh, Jim is suicide. And yet he easily overtakes everybody he sees. Like, the order to say Jamal felt like melted butter in this episode. It's like someone will eventually do, like, a YouTube video, like, every episode of Gotham in, like, 30 seconds. And it's like, you know, Bullock and, like, and like whoever Gordon's supervisor is that season, like, Jim, you can't do this. You'll die. I don't care. I'm breaking the rules. And I'm the only cop who's going to clean up this town. They show Jim shooting someone down by the river again. <laughs> Ed, Ed, what do you think about how Jim Gordon's been done in this series? I know you said it's a different continuity, so it doesn't really matter. But like, does he take to your personal? I guess not. <laughs> okay, so here, here's the thing. Like, I think when the show started out, it seemed more like Gordon, right? But I think the farther we get from the starting gate, the less it feels like Gordon. And I know I'm gonna be jumping a bit, but the end of this episode is so un-Jim Gordon to me. You know, um, the idea that that, that Gordon would would kill someone in cold blood yeah i want to i want to rant about that in a minute is is so far from the like i'm cool with different continuity and if you want to make a cop who's on the edge like i, I would have seen if if bullock had shot galvan i must have been like eh, whatever like, you know what i'm saying um but but when you have i mean gordon's killed two people this season not in his police duty you know what i'm saying not, mm-hmm. we're, not we're not we're not talking about the people he's killed in the line of duty we're talking about he's killed one person for the Penguin, and now Galvan in cold blood, outside the duties of a police officer. And I just don't think the character of Gordon would kill someone in cold blood like that. And I think that is the bridge I have trouble crossing. I mean, even if you read, like, I'm going to throw a quick comic book thing in, but even if you do, like, an elsewhere, like, Superman Red Sun, where he's raised in Russia, there are certain qualities that are part of the, you know, of the character, that that's who he is. And this Jim Gordon killing someone in cold blood for me is just, that was a real... What you know? What is going on here? Type moment, and I get why they did it. Like from a story perspective, like you know, he, they had the example of him not killing the flamingo, and the, the flamingo went right. rabid afterwards. And you know, he thinks that Leslie's pregnant, so he's there bringing a challenge. So, so the whole point of you know letting somebody live when you could have you know law be damned, kill them for the greater good. That was built up. At the same time, though. Like, and I don't know if they're going to come back to this. They very well might. This very well might be a specific plot point that they want to do to examine his character. But at the same time, it was done, like, so heroically. And, like, you know, he sure is awesome for doing this that Gotham tends to do that I was just kind of disgusted. 
you know, like the, the music swelled up and he walked away like you know this is me and it's like it's like you you've just really you know taken down Commissioner Gordon to a way which I don't, I don't know if he can come back from. I, I've said uh, before on the show that like this version of Gordon is basically like a modern day cowboy. Like he's always angry. He's always like you know walking in breaking stuff or like you know saying I'm not going to follow no rules. So like it's not the Jim Gordon that like I'm used. At the same time like. Before 1986, Jim Gordon was, like, mostly, like, an old guy behind a desk. And maybe some Batman purist will, like, you know, come after me and tell me something. Oh, who could ever forget, you know, the classic, you know, story from Batman Family where he chases Alfred around Wayne Manor when Alfred... <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a real story. I know, but that was just a swerve for, like, you better bring up this, this, this mythological issue, then you bring up that ridiculous issue. <laughs> well, like, that's well the thing. It's like, like, what... So, somebody could somebody will someone somewhere might yell at me but like name but he's like, a cop first and foremost you remember the killing joke where he said bring him in by the book that's the character and this one's just like you know I'm gonna do what you know it's I get this young commissioner Gordon but at the same time though it's very very it's pushing against his character for the purposes of uh, of an archetype and I said that before but it, but, it, but it's pushing against the defining characteristic of the character Dom. you know so like it's okay to ch- – I don't care changing names, changing dates, changing ages. That stuff never bothers me. Like, I don't care. You know, like, it doesn't matter to me. Change the date. Make make them a girl. Make them a different race. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that, so I just don't care. Do whatever. You know, make make, make a make a, a They're going to recast joke. Gordon second half of the season with a woman. As a chick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but him, the cold blood killing to me is that, that's like – that's the that's the step too far. You know, that is the defining characteristic of who Jim Gordon is. Like you said, the killing joke is, is a perfect example of that. Bring him in by the book. Um, I don't know. Even when, the, you know, when he's robo-bats, he wouldn't kill someone in cold blood, you know? And there's also the fact that, like, if this, really, this really does depend on whether they follow it up or not. And I don't have faith in Gotham to do that. I feel that, like, like I, I this season like they might, they but might I don't know. follow it up, but, like, especially because I feel like they've been building up to it. Because, like, we've had the whole series, like... Everyone tell Gordon he has a dark side. Like, for some reason, like, when in that Barbara episode from a few weeks ago, she's like, oh, Jim, I know that you have a dark side. And then, like, last season, Falcone's Which like, is whatever. Oh, you have a dark side, and we all know it. And then, the you know, the whole, like, Flamingo thing where he's like, I almost did something I swore I wouldn't do till the mid-season finale. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's the thing. Jim Gordon doesn't have a dark side. He's not like this, this like, tortured soul who must, you know, express it through violence. That That's complete like he's he he's determined and he's a stand-up guy but he's not like batman and that's what they're misinterpreting the character to be i mean you can push him you can do go ahead you just hit something and one of the reasons he in you know a lot different with batman's and the rest of the bats family's vigilanteism is because they don't kill people right like haven't we always thought how many how many rooftop conversations have we seen between Batman and Jim Gordon over the years going, you can't cross that line? You know what I'm saying? Like, thousands probably? I mean... <laughs> Jim, did I ever tell you about the time when I was 12 and I killed a heroin addict with Catwoman? What? Nothing. Yeah. Oh, well, there's all... I, you know, but I keep on going back to, like, you know, Hush, where, where uh, after Tommy Elliott, quote-unquote, dies, Gordon stops him from killing him, like, immediately afterwards, killing the Joker. There's no, uh, no Man's Land, where his wife was killed, and he didn't do it. The killing joke, where his daughter was paralyzed and sexually assaulted, he didn't do it. And it's like, granted, this... Now, now 
Uh, now that being said, those are very different Gordons from this. They, they are not the same character. I get that, but at the same time, this show is so clearly like you know cribbing things from the comics that you wonder at what point do they just ignore the character and start just concentrating on names only? So it, it's it's, it's like, the... go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it's, it's just the... sorry. Uh, it, it's it's like if this if if they followed this up. And, and use it to like really explore his character and kind of bring him in a better light later on. I will eat my words, but I just don't know if Gotham cares for that, that level of character development. They just not have just demonstrated that from this point this point on. Like if this was reasonably explored afterwards, I would care only in this vein. If this became the moment like that, Jim Gordon looks back on for the in the Gotham Gothamverse and says, "I'll never." Right, like if this is the reason why he won't kill or does the barber or everything else, you know, if this is the moment where Jim realizes he's never going to do that again, and that becomes like part of the story is that he's never going to cross the line, then yeah, I could maybe get behind it if done right. Yeah, I think I could. But if this just becomes like we open up next season and it's just back to work for the boys, you know. And then that that's one of the things about the show is sometimes, like, it depends on who the writer is. Like, one writer will follow something up where, like, the next writer won't. Like, uh... And that's just the biggest problem with the show, though. I mean, like, this is why I don't understand why, you know, this guy makes for good podcasts, I guess, but Josh is way more forgiving about Gotham than I am because, like, there's just no internal... There's no possible way that I feel that they have a plan going from one point to another. And that, that, that constantly exposes itself with such frequency that it gets, you know... You can say a lot of things about, like, The Flash or other shows, you know, because they're on lesser networks, but you can tell that, like, they have an idea of where they want to head to, whereas Gotham's... I just get the sense that Gotham's like, you know, well, it's Batman, and Batman characters, it'll sell itself, and they don't put as much care into characterization as the characters kind of demand them, so that's why I'm always angry. We'll talk about Mr. Freeze, which is funny because I immediately called on after this episode aired, well, not after I saw it, which was hours after it aired, to laugh hysterically, because... I had just edited the previous episode where I where he said, "Well, come on, it's not like Mister Freeze will have like his cold gun and like already be Mister Freeze." Like, nope. Yeah, we, we went for five minutes about like you know that would be the worst case scenario. They would never do it. Those they would, they would betray their country. And you have failed this city. It's there, yeah. I think worst case scenario has happened. What do you think about it? What the flip? Really? Like, okay, like I said, I've yelled this in Josh's ear for the last two nights. This is why this doesn't work. Because the cops and Gordon cannot handle super criminals. You know? That's why we don't see the actual Joker until, you know, this season. That's why we don't see Two-Face. That's why Batman exists, to handle the supervillains. When you have Mr. Freeze, you know, herping and derping with a, with a cold gun and freezing people for no reason, then it's like, you know, can Jim Gordon stop him? No, he can't! That's why we need Batman! So you're breaking the rules of, of, this, of, the, in the, of the premise of the show. Now, I, I will say this. There is one way I think this could work, just paying the positive devil's advocate for a second, okay? The only way I think this works is if Mr. Freeze comes in, shoots up the city, they chase him around, he steals or does whatever he's trying to do, right? And he just gets away. If they do it like that and you have that moment where you have the, you know, well, we can't deal with everything, you know, but Freeze just steals whatever he's going to steal, kill who's ever going to kill, and leaves and they don't catch him at all. Then I think that could work because that almost would be setting up the idea that they just cannot handle that level of criminal. That is, but a then, I like that. No, I, I like that. That's pretty cool. That's the only way I think it'd work, though. I mean, 
That's it. But I think the reason why they brought him in is because, you know, they need ratings and, you know, Mr. Freeze is a memorable Batman villain. But the thing is, by doing that, they invite the idea that he is a, he is, is on the same level as Jim Gordon and Harvey Bullock, which I'm sorry, is just laughable. I mean, this guy's nearly killed Batman more than once. So it's like, what's the point in bringing, like, it would, it would be like bringing in the Court of Owls or Ra's al Ghul or something like, you know, I'm sorry, but Ben McKenzie has no business being anywhere near towards. It just doesn't make any sense. So it's just it's so while I, I like your idea, but that requires a level of thought that like I I'm waiting to see from the show. Yeah, and but and I think too some I, I hate to say this, but I think the realistic reason that Mister Freeze is even there is that it's for ratings, right? I mean, there isn't there a countdown clock somewhere till we see Corey Michael Smith and and something with question marks all over? It? You, know? you, I mean, you hate to say this, really? Is it, isn't it obvious? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like this is going to happen, uh, and like you said, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because Bruce is still. A long way away from becoming Batman, you know. Um, <laughs> They'll recast him with like an eighteen-year-old next season, and just say, "Screw it, skip five years ahead of time." Yeah. Um, oh, Master Bruce, I see that uh, puberty has uh, really accelerated. It must be from that Order of Saint Dumas ceremony. It must have accelerated my aging. He, I, I've been in the basement with Lucius for seven years, and he comes back out. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. And, Lee is, and, and Lee's only six months. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, but in my personal opinion, that's the because if Don, you're totally right. If you don't do that with Freeze, if you make it where Jim Gordon clamps the cuffs on Mister Freeze, like I don't know, it just doesn't. doesn't because work for me. there's this thing in television. I mean, I see it a lot with certain shows like Supernatural, where like there's this threat that really gets you interested. It's like how can the heroes possibly survive this? How can they go up against this? You know, they don't have the they don't have the wherewithal or the tools to meet this challenge. How can they possibly face this? We gotta check it out. And the show, because the season's almost over, just completely contrives it where they nerf the villain or put in a situation where they're able to be punched out and handcuffed or killed or whatever in ways which are totally against the the, the inherent nature of the character that they're they're writing. So it's like Mr. Freeze would like trip on the stairs and like, you know, fall into a a, a tanning booth and Gordon would beat him. It's, it's like, well, Gordon sure did save the day there. It's like, no, what, you just wasted my time again. It's, it's, so it's you – know, what, what do you think, Josh? I wouldn't have – I have more of a problem with Mr. Freeze being there than the idea of Gordon beating Mr. Freeze on his own because, like, um, I have to go back to Gotham Central. But I remember Mr. Freeze was in there, and I don't remember if the cops beat him by themselves or if, like, Batman did something from off. They did, but it was, it was all the cops and not just, you know, Gordon, Nathan Barnes or whatever. Right, like, it's – I mean, as long as, like, they don't do anything weird, like, you know, stop Contagion by themselves or, like, you know, or stop uh, Dark Side by themselves, like, that, that would be, <laughs> like, like, season eight of Gotham where, like, you know, like, season eight, the coming of Dark Side. Like, I could just see, like, Gordon and Bullock, like, walking through, like, Apocalypse. Like, Listen, this, but that's a perfect example. Spoilers for, <laughs> going? But spoilers, spoilers for Smallville, though. They bring in Darkseid in the fourth world, and in the series finale, you have, like, Granny Goodness and, like, Kanto and those guys. They're, they're, you know, they're showing up, and Green Arrow one-shots them with an arrow. What kind of crap? Like, like, like that would never happen in the actual continuity of the characters. It's that, that kind of stuff where it's like, oh, no, a big threat. Well, they're beaten. It's like a waste of time. Or you have Superman just kind of push push Apocalypse, you know, he moves a planet on his own, which is physically impossible, away from colliding with the Earth. It's, it's like that kind of stuff where it just, it just make, it does not make any sense. So why do you do it in the first place if it doesn't make any sense? Fair. <laughs> Don's going Don's to make fun of me because, like, I always do this, but I'm willing to see how this plays out. But my initial <laughs> thought is I don't... 
Shut up, you. <laughs> I don't like Mr. Freeze already being Mr. Freeze on the show. I think that there is, like, other choices of things that they could do instead. You know, you can... Or they could yeah. do Ratcatcher or some, or some of the lesser known villains. They don't have to bring in like an A list. Or, or stop having you know like all the villains be older than Bruce, except for like you know uh, Scarecrow and like one or two others. Like maybe this will be like maybe this isn't Mister Freeze. Maybe it's like Victor Freeze's like lab assistant, and it gives Mister Freeze the idea to be Mister Freeze or something. Wasn't he credited as Mr. as Victor Freeze? But there's still a dude Shut walking up. around Gotham <laughs> City with a freeze ray, right? Yeah. Like. I mean, I don't care if his name is Johnny. Like, he's got a free and he's walking around Gotham City. Um, it's not something that should typically be dealt with by the local police department. But again, you, I mean, I, I will agree with Josh a little bit here. I do think that there is ways you could play this where it'd be interesting. We could maybe have another team moment, which would be kind of silly. But, you know, this one, Gordon had to turn to Penguin. And maybe this time he'll uh. turn to Hugo Strange slash the Court of Owls. Because um, remember, in, in Court of Owls, Mr. Freeze was a part of that story in, in a kind of, you know, outside way with the freezing of the towns and things like that. Oh, so yeah, I forgot to uh, you know, all about that. But I don't, I don't love the idea, like, 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 Penguin, we need your help to defeat Mr. Freeze. How in God's name is he going to do this? No, but maybe he has to turn to Hugo Strange and, and or the Court of Owls. <laughs> Or, or that's when Fish Mooney will make her dramatic return, or like, or they'll uh, attach a flamethrower to Butch's like arm because like you can attach different things there. Like, oh, what is he, Mega Man? <laughs> <laughs> Butch Gilzine is Mega Man. Flamethrower. <laughs> we could we could repair him. <laughs> we could make him better. Yeah. Christ we could better storylines. Oh <laughs> man. Now, what if they just villain of the week it with us? What if Freeze becomes like a villain no, of the week and he's in and out like no, a like no a flash, more villain right? of the week? Guess who's in dropping fact, the show? In, in fact, like I had <laughs> I had the cast like um off the record. I, I'm not going to say which cast members did because like they don't want to badmouth the show. But I had the cast members like look me in the eyes at Walker Stalker Con in Orlando and swear to me that they were done with that villain of the week stuff and that nobody liked it. We shall see. Yeah. Uh. So. Bruce Wayne and Silver Saint Cloud. That was, it was funny too because like last week we they had that promo where it was like Bruce saying Silver, I love you. We're like, ah, well that that must be an old clip because why would he be saying that after everything that happened this week? Negative. Well, I mean, this one he said it because so so her life would be spared. Yeah. Well, and it's it is interesting too because I'm like, okay, this leaves Silver in a place where like it's not implausible that she and Bruce could have a friendship. Even or even like another relationship as adults, like so. I guess he set her on the path to rehabilitation, like a good bat monk would. Well, yeah, I like this episode because it, it kind of did. Uh, it kind of cleaned up the character of Silver State Cloud, and I can I can imagine yeah. her being more of her adult self from the comics later on in life. Like she, she wasn't innately evil. No, and and I think that the other thing that this did was it it showed one of the defining characteristics of Batman, really. Like it was isn't one of Bruce's real characteristics. He is compassionate, you know. Like the, when they remember that, Uber, yeah, yeah. But you know, you know what I'm talking about that. Not Uber dark Bruce Wayne, right? Yeah, no, no, I agree exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think that one of his defining characteristics he is compassionate. He's not like I hate everybody, you know. I mean, I think that that was one of the moments where I really I did like the show. I, I liked the moment was when he when he went back and kissed Silver because it felt like that was Batman. If he could save someone's life, he'd do it, right? Like, that's who he is. So and, I did like that part of it. 
like as 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 much as they kind of like pillage the character Commissioner Gordon, they they they've consistently nailed Bruce Wayne for me. Yes. The, my only my only request is that he's had two probably three definite life-changing experiences in which he could have, and not counting his origin story, his parents died, but like, he could have almost been killed like by, by Jerome, but when he was kidnapped last season, and then this season, he very nearly died. I would like the character to kind of use these experiences and galvanize him to train more and become a lot more proactive and learn how to defend himself, rather than just business as usual, you know, trying to look into his own company, because if I were Bruce Wayne, and like, I very nearly died until like, you know, the entire cast of my television show saved me, I would have been like, I, there's no guarantee that's going to happen again. I need to. I need to train up, and I, I wish that would have happened earlier in the season after Jerome nearly cut his throat. But um, yeah. this one, I, I hope. That, I, I really wish that this kind of would be an, a shakeable experience for him. But it, with that quip at the end, it didn't really seem like it would be. Well, I mean, he he's been training. Like there was that episode where Alfred's like, "Oh, you're going to run home now," or something like that. Uh, so, it's, but I want there to be like a, a real moment of like, like I don't like being. Uh, you know, like in that situation, and I, I wanted to be a lot more powerful. I wanted to be able to defend myself on a basic level. Well, and level. we had yeah. that moment like two episodes ago where he says, "Alfred, you know, when am I going to be done with my training?" You think like in a year? But that's not what I'm that. saying. I'm I'm saying that like like he specifically brings up this, these experiences and has a personal emotional reaction to him, not just a blank, you know, Pat. This could mean anything kind of talk. It really, like, stood out to me that, like, when he was in the cell, like, he did look, like, scared slash sad that he was going to die. And, like, I felt, like, really bad for him. Like, oh, this poor child. He, he's, like, he's resigned himself to being an ex. I get to see my parents! Uh, and then, and then, like, you know, like, hey, I know you're going to die, but let's talk about dolphins. Do you think dolphins have superpowers? And I'm like, what That was kind of like a, a, a swerve, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, like, what the heck am I watching? <laughs> like... Do we want to comment on the fact that Galavan said, let's let's sex up this 14-year-old and throw her into the dungeon with Bruce Wayne and put her in like this cleavage-hugging dress, which was like, which would be out of place in a Schumacher Batman film? That, that, that's why that's why I likened it to prostitution earlier in the, in the Oh, God. But... I mean, the only thing you can really say about it is it's ridiculous, and we can, in my opinion, you can just write it off and go, well, he's evil, so he does evil stuff. I did find you James know. Fran's performance in this in the last episode very funny, because like he's he's clearly camping this up, something's fierce. Oh, no. The, the, I think the direction they must be getting is just do it. You know, chew up the scenery. Go crazy. You know, like, have fun with it. Yeah, he was spitting out scenery like like sesame seeds. I, I love the part where like Gordon bursts in. He's like, "Ah, oh, I thought you were gonna kill me, man." Okay, <laughs> oh, no, it's just you. <laughs> I don't laugh. have to worry about you. You're not gonna like shoot me in the head when I'm tied up. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah. Well, and then like minutes earlier, like Silver did almost die because like Tigress pushes her out the window, and it's like, "You fool! What if she doesn't know how to work that parachute?" I like Tigress in this one, kind of breaking away from from uh, Dumas because I thought that she was gonna totally die before he would. Well, and, and I think I said I, – I either said on or off the air that, like, she makes a good henchwoman that, like, could be used, like, by various big bads of the series. So, you know, that that was all right. I, I did find it weird that, like, I thought that Alfred got far enough away from her at the end of the previous episode that, like, all of a sudden she's, like, mere, like, seconds behind him at the beginning. Yeah, they're, they're, they're playing, like, tag. <laughs> with with Zaz's fly girls, you know, so. Well, in fairness, he is trying to get away in a garbage truck. That goes about twenty miles an hour. And you- but she like she like stops and like watch him drive away. Then like, next episode, they're like three feet behind him. <laughs> it was yeah, kind of a jarring yeah, transition. She had time to call back up. Right there, I knew exactly where he was. Well, and then Alfred has his wacky adventures, like getting well, when shot he in the face. To play Grand Theft Auto, like ah, oh, cops, 
good. <laughs> Glad to see. Yeah, but he gets the shock treatment. True. Yeah. Everyone is getting arrested by Galavan this episode. Like, we must find a manhunt for Jim Gordon. Alfred, you're under arrest. It's like, we think Bruce Wayne's missing. Ah, oh, come off it. I don't know, Mitch. Yeah, yeah, Barnes is like completely. Like, he, he's. In this episode, he's playing the dopey cop who can't do anything right. Like, 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 like Bullock straight up says, this is clearly Galavan, I mean Bruce Wayne. This is what's going on, and he's involved with Jim Gordon. This is what's happening right now. And Barnes is like, maybe so. Anyway, uh, it's, 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 like, like, dude, Could be. yeah, he, he's been better than this before. That, that felt that kind of smacked of, uh, out of that was kind of out of character for me. Well, it, but Barnes has been weird because, like, some episodes he seems to be like you know all about like an on, and then some episodes like I've suspected that he's even like working with Galavan. But I mean, I guess he wasn't because that plot line's over now. But oh, I thought for sure he was when he came walking in the room with Galavan there. I thought he was going to pull out a gun and shoot, you know, shoot the other cop, and then, yeah, I thought for sure that's where that was going. Unfortunately, not. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, this whole order of Saint Ma thing, like I've said before, like I don't understand, like how they went from like, well, they stole our honor, and like now we want our honor back from hundreds of years ago to like. We must Let's baptize Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, we must sacrifice Bruce Wayne in ceremonial robes for reasons. That was that, I was just about to bring yeah, that up. That, that that was that was crap. Like, I mean, it is. It's not even the fact that like that's not how the Dumas order works in the comics. I don't really care about that. But like, it's this very like kind of pseudo Catholic like cult thing that takes way too much interest into like something that, that none of them were born for. And not only that, they get mowed down like freaking. Bond grass by the, by the cops and Selena Kyle doing ballet. That was pathetic. Like they, like like they didn't they didn't stand a chance. No, like, they like, did not. They this, this, this whole thing was a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked everyone being you know together for the final battle. You know because we haven't seen Alfred teams up with Catwoman, teams up with Penguin, teams up with Harvey Bullock, teams up with. Well, Lucius Fox wasn't there, but it, oh, it was like, yeah. But, but Bullock finally got something to do again. Isn't that nice? I thought he was in the show. Yeah, he, he offered. You know, Bullock did have one really cool moment though. Was when I, I liked it when when uh, Alfred got out of the slammer after they tased him, right? And they said, "We're not going to press charges." And Alfred just goes, "I need a car and a gun." And Bullock's like, "No problem." You know, like, like <laughs> why do you say so? Yeah, want a car and a gun? No problem. Like, I mean, I was like, okay, I, you know, that I like was, that too. Like, it shows it shows Bullock's like like at no point does he really care about the law. <laughs> no, like he's just like Jim maybe about breaking the law and and a and a dramatic sense bullock honestly doesn't care they had to force him to come back to work fire him he doesn't care you know yeah i'm hoping that um you know lee's pregnancy will help bullock get a little more back into the spotlights uh from like the pre uh penguins umbrella days harvey now that now that now that leslie is, is in you know the maternity ward i need you to team up with me for the next seven episodes <laughs> i thought you never ask but it does make more sense. I, I mean, I think you're right. Like when Bullock was working with Penguin or doing that kind of stuff with the mob, that made it made a lot more sense than Jim doing it. You know, uh, there's 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 places they can take Harvey that I I can buy into a lot easier than them taking Jim to the same places. You know? I, 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 yeah, I I I hated the the Riddler just like kind of like, like mugging the camera for the most part. But I loved when they asked, "Do you know what Gordon is?" and he answered with a riddle. That was like the most in character oh, thing he's done all I season. Did, I, yeah, yeah, but I did not like Lee's reaction. Like her boyfriend is being hunted by the cops and Galavan's people. 
she doesn't know if he's alive or dead. And it's like, where is Jim? Is he alive or dead? If you want to know the answer, you know, like X plus Y equals Z. Yeah, she could, she should have kicked his ass. Like, she should have like grabbed his arm like, no, get your ass back here. How do you know where he is and what? And like, and, and tell me now. And, and I do, I love Lucius there though. Like Lucius was one of the really good parts of this episode, right? Like when he does that, Lucius is like, Jim Gordon's at your house. You know, like it, it just doesn't skip a beat, you know? Um, <laughs> I mean that was that was great. Lucius is smart, um, but Don, that would that felt like the Riddler doing something ridiculous like that, giving it away for once, you know. he's going to be under some fire now because like shouldn't people be saying to him? So how do you know Penguin? And like why were you harboring a fugitive at your apartment? Like two fugitives. Yeah. And by the way, where's your girlfriend? Jim definitely should be like, listen, Eddie. Um, why was Penguin in your apartment? Because think about it. There is you cannot. There is no rational reason that he can give that Penguin should be in his apartment, right? Like less than yeah. Because by that by that time, Penguin was a wanted felon for for kidnapping the mayor. And if nothing else, honestly, because because Jim gets by the law at this point, but like Barnes should be asking him who because he works for Barnes. Well, but Barnes, but Barnes doesn't know. Lee and Jim know, and Lee and Jim should like be asking. But was it Barnes in the room when when Riddler gave it up to Lucius and Alfred and them? Uh, you know, I'd have to rewatch, but I I don't remember that. I don't think he was. If I remember correctly, he told Alfred, um, hey, we're not going to press charges on you. And then he walks off. And that's when they have it. Because remember, Alfred goes, I need a gun and a car. And Harvey goes, got it. You know. Harvey lights a cigar. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's like, oh, yes. I'm on this show again. Take that, mom. Um, and, 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 and any any of the minor character moments, like you know, uh, Selena Kyle or, or Enigma, or, uh, and I do love like Selena Kyle like appearing as if from nowhere, like when they're like planning the, the, their grand battle against the Death Star. How does she know like, that was all, that was going on at that? How, how does she know to go there? She's Catwoman. She's, she's sneaky. Neither okay. Neither, neither those answers around. are. Neither of those episodes are even remotely close to good enough. Um, but I'll <laughs> let it go. They're not. <laughs> But, it's, it, but isn't that a lot of Gotham is because reasons, right? Isn't that like a lot of the show, you know? Like, what's he doing a, a lot, a lot, the, the, the thing is, and this might be like, you know, a bias of money, but a lot of the shows I enjoy can write better than just because. <laughs> they don't rely on, you know, the complacency of the, of, the, of the viewers to get their stories across. Celine Kyle was probably tailing one of the principals. Uh-huh. Um, Listen, if this show didn't have characters named Jim Gordon, the Riddler, and Penguin in it, and it was just a new police procedural, it wouldn't be around. All right? I mean, it's because of the characters, and it's because we like the characters. I mean, I said something to my wife when I was watching this, and I don't, I wonder if you guys will agree. I, I looked at her at one point, and I said, I should absolutely be in love with this show. And this is when they're going up the stairs with Bullock. I said, where Harvey Bullock, Jim Gordon, the Riddler, Catwoman, and Penguin we're going after the Order of St. Dumas. And Saint Alfred. Like, I should love this show, right? And Alfred. Like, I should, like, be not even sit down when I watch the show. And the fact that you can see that description of a scene and be like, eh. eh. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't that kind of, like, say it all? I do think I enjoyed it more than you did. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that the, the problems that I had with it uh, were any lesser. And, but I, I, I think it's a good point because that, that it is a real motley crew of Batman characters teaming up. And it's kind of like, you know, well, this is sure is happening. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, here's the thing. I have a problem with this. Like, sometimes the endings of things will spoil everything for me. I would be very curious to see how I would have sounded on this podcast if you guys had cut it off right after they rescued Bruce and I hadn't seen Jim shoot the guy in the head in the freeze thing. 
I think that sometimes when you do something that, that is that egregious to me with with the Gordon thing, right? Mm-hmm. I think it kind of poisons the well. Does that make sense? Like, uh, that's, I'm right there with you because up to that point, I was like, this is a fun episode. I'm really having fun with this. And then those two points, like, I don't want to say they, they did not kill the episode for me, but they really, really gave me a, a different filter in terms of, like, how I saw the episode. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think that Gordon, I think... I was enjoying the episode. I mean, again, there was some ridiculousness into it. I mean, but that, that's every episode of Gotham. I'm almost okay with that, you know. But I, I, for whatever reason, I think that that moment when Gordon kills Galavan just poisoned the, that whole episode for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think the, only thing, the last thing I just want to mention is the fact that, like, and again, I think Davi Mazau's has the greatest performance in this Maybe. episode. And I feel that, like, uh, he really brings... He's, he's the one character and actor that brings the dignity to the show because god knows it's not with robin lord taylor or ben mckenzie good actors as they are like, like those characters aren't showing a lot of dignity in those scenes but bruce wayne is and it's so funny because like he typically w- with with kid actors is like he should be the weak link but he's the strongest part which is just great considering the character he's playing i think bruce kind of is actually really good i think that lucius is great you know, I think that Bruce plays off very well, and I even think you know Sean Perry for the most part does a good Alfred. You know, it's a, it's more of a of a an Earth One type Alfred, certainly. You know, yeah. Uh-huh. But I think that, that that those characters when they're working together makes sense. And we've had like remember the great scene with Alfred and Lucius, at least what I thought, the great scene with Alfred and Lucius in the bar. You know, like oh yeah, I think that those characters work really really well together. I like that part of the show, and I find myself a lot of times going. Okay, get past this procedural bit and get me back to see what Bruce slash Alfred or Lucius, which is why I didn't like his absence for so long. You know, I think a lot of people find themselves doing that. No, yeah, I, I agree, and I think that like um, all the actors, I think, are very good. But when you give them a certain amount of material, they have no choice but to kind of like you know put it, make it arch, and that can guide that can go either way, honestly. Most yeah, time, and and I think too, it's it's what would what did you think by the way, you know. I really like the fact that you brought up the fact that um, what happened with the, with the Riddler and the fact that he used a Riddler because I think he's been so off character this season, and it was nice to see me, him come back around. But do you think that they're going to push him towards more of like a Riddler, or do you think he's, he's going to go back to the let's kill people thing? I don't know because it's like it feels to me that like they know he's going to be a supervillain. He's one of the major Batman villains, and the way to demonstrate that. Is by killing people, you know. Every, the way to, the way to basically to characterize anybody is to have them kill people. But the the I, I don't think they actually know how how obsessive the character is in the comics. They just have an idea. But he really is. I mean, he is a he can be a very dark character. It can be a very twisted character. But that doesn't re- rely on him being the Joker. Yeah, but even like his most twisted argues up my Dark Knight, Dark City, right? Where yeah, that, that's that, that was like him at his worst. Yeah, off the reservation, he's not like I love to kill people, you know. Like, yeah, I, when, when he when he said that in your previous episode, I was just like, I, I why am I watching uh, this? See, and that's the poison the well argument, like the Jim Gordon thing for me. Gotham, unfortunately for me, sometimes does stuff that is so egregious that it loses some of the good it's bought with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you did something really good, and then you had Jim Gordon murder, straight murder a guy. You know, like in, in the, in the, in the, cool in the character the, moments. I guess I'm less bothered by the murder, but I'm also the same guy that, like, can watch Batman Returns and enjoy it as a good Batman movie, even if, like, Batman, like... Yeah, know, and I can't. <laughs> it, it explodes a guy. 
and like I, less guy on fire with Batmobile exhaust, which is like bad, you know. And um, anyways, but but no, and here the last thing I'll, I I kind of want to bring up is if they do Mister Freeze sans heart of ice, and he's just uh, I mean they have to do Mister Freeze with the heart of ice basically, right? He has to be a compassionate character in a way, or do you think they'll do him like the Riddler straight villain? There's no they, other. They, there's they, no they other interesting way to do it. Freeze. Which, which, oh, so, so there's, there's, there's an opportunity to do that. But if he's already freezing people, then there's no reason true. to feel sorry yeah. for him. Who cares if his wife dies? He's already a murderer. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. Well, what, what if like the whole like Nora, you know, getting cryogenically frozen is uh, Gordon's fault somehow? Ah, sure. what? Uh, why not? You know? Make it more about him. I don't know why I'm watching the show. I clearly hate it. <laughs> you say that, but then like, there's weeks where you come on like, okay, this show's like really gotten good. Like, you like, you have such amnesia about like the good episodes once like something happens that you don't like. I don't think I do. I, I, I just think that, that like, like they keep on reiterating these. Like, I keep on. I, I understand why they do certain things, but they keep on doing them for like, in my opinion, the wrong reasons. And it feels so sensationalist that it's like they don't know how to make a good story that happens to be about Batman and Batman's world. I should say Gordon and Batman's world, really. Right. Like, I mean, I'm I'm kind of with Ed where I I do the whole Elseworlds thing. Like, I don't want it to be two Elseworlds where like I don't know like. Like, Bruce Wayne, you know, becomes mayor of Gotham City at age 16 because of a loophole in the Constitution. Like, I don't want anything like that. But, like, you know, something where it's close enough that, like, you still recognize Batman continuity. Although, like, if someone had told me, like, five years ago uh, that, like, Commissioner Gordon was going to impregnate Dr. Leslie Tompkins, I would have had a good laugh. Well, I think it's because, you know, with, with things like The Flash or Supergirl or whatever, those characters aren't as close to my personal... Uh, emotions than Batman is, and I've seen. Enough, I, I said before, I, I've seen enough Batman material that I don't really need anything to be like how, how I like him in the in the comics. I don't I don't really need to see that anymore. But at the same time, it 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 can't help but annoy me when they go far off the reservation. I, I think that's just like my personal makeup. And I mean, I, I'm probably not a good fit for this show. I, I'm probably like a just annoying fans of the show every single time I'm on it, and I, I I do apologize for that. But that's just kind of, you know, where as a person and as a fan of the character I'm coming from, where they, they constantly just do things like, you know, have Gordon kill a guy unlawfully. And, like, you know, that's just – I'm supposed to just watch that and not think, think about it, and I can't help but do that. Gordon has, like, broken the law many times on the show. He's been, like, working with the mob and stuff. Um, I, I'm not saying that to defend, you know, or, like, argue your point. I'm just kind of noting that, that like, Gordon's been, like, skirting on the dark side a lot. And I feel like because he's the protagonist of the show that they've had to darken his character a bit. Like, do you think that, like, you'd be able to do a show about traditional James Gordon? Gotham Central. Gotham Central was not – Gordon was not even, like, in the police force during Gotham Central. True, but you could put him in there. It could, it could be like the, like the 90s era GCPD with, with Bach and Kitsch and Bullock and Montoya. Right. Yeah, because we, we had that era in the Batman books for a while where, like, Gordon was, like, not not even a while, but, like, a few years where Gordon was not commissioner um, because of the events of Officer Down. And then, like, never mind, you know, he and Bullock are back because Batman the Animated Series. No, it's easy to Bullock back because of Infinite Crisis. Because Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> they never said that though. <laughs> they, they and that was like ten. That was ten years after Batman the Animated Series. I don't. I don't. I don't see the connection. It was so long they ago. They're trying to do a more recognizable status quo, where like you know, Batman goes to the rooftops and look, it's Gordon and Bullock there. Which happened like once, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> I do like this episode, but 
I, I, <laughs> As you said, I don't know why I watch this show. Uh, I, I, but but more, the Freeze and the Gord thing are just endemic to, like, those are the, the exact kinds of problems I tend to have episode to episode with Gotham. But I do like this episode on its own. I like the I like so much of this episode, and I was really enjoying it. And um, you know, just to beat a dead horse, like there are certain things that make me really not like things. Um, but I, I will I will take away that there was there was two great things that made this feel much more like it happened in, in, a, in a good Batman universe for me. It was the Riddler being the Riddler, and Bruce being Batman and showing compassion. Which, quite frankly, I think that the compassion that Bruce shows here is something that some of the current comic writers could pay attention to because he's supposed to be a compassionate character. Yep. Isn't he like working with, in a clinic with Julie Madison right now? He is, but he doesn't know. He has no, um, no memory basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't read a lot of the modern comics anymore. I used to read them all, but like, uh, since I left the comic cast and, uh, and like mostly broke up with DC comics, I read like a few stuff now and again. Like I, I'm reading Batgirl um, ever since the new run started, and I've been enjoying that. And like I'm aware of what's going on through Don Stella and other people. So, well, I, you know, I'm I'm a bit of a Snyder fanny fanboy, so uh, I have actually really enjoyed what's going on recently. If you take it for for what it is, um, but I, I and I think Snyder captures that more than anyone else. But you guys know what it was like right after the New Fifty Two. It was just dark, dark Batman, not the typical 90s style that I think we all enjoy. And who could ever forget the centerfold that was the last page of Catwoman issue one. Oh, yeah. Do it with the costumes on, right? Yeah. you know, <laughs> They better not adapt that in Gotham, by the way. It's coming. Like, it, come it, on. It's coming. You are watching Fox. <laughs> if these people put costumes on, they will have sex with them in a month. Well, like, like, if Davi Mazzal's and Carmen do that, that will be the last episode of Gotham that ever airs because, like, so many, like, you know, uh, childlike advocacy groups would, like, write to Fox until that show is pulled. Uh, give it a couple years. Yeah. When they're 18, we'll have that scene. Uh, no. All right. Uh, if it makes it to their, when they're 18. I won't right, watch it. So this uh, EG character, which is absolutely not me, did leave the comment on the website this week, and it says, "Don, you are not alone." Well, Batman you Forever. Are not alone. <laughs> this is, Batman Forever is my favorite of the old Batman movies, and I like it better than Begins and Rises. Unless you're being sarcastic, then I'm probably the only one that likes Batman Forever the most. Okay, I do like Batman Forever. Uh, it is in some ways it is damning with faint praise because all the, the original four are, are, are flawed, but I think of all of them, I enjoyed that the most. Saying, saying it's better than Begins, I, I, I'm not there with you right there. I, I, you must be drunk, but uh, I like Batman Forever, not ironically. I, I like Batman Forever too. Of the older movies, I think that um, you know Batman is the first with Keaton is probably the favorite, but then I think it's definitely Forever. Um, they're both watchable movies. The other two are kind of nutty i like a lot of things about forever but like it's also very over the top for me but not enough where like i, I don't think i hate forever there's things about that i like you sounded like you hated it on the commentary you did several years ago <laughs> i was I, well i was an angry man back in 2009 oh, i was yes. you know i was in my mid to early 20s and i had like you know more of the proof that i don't know it's a I, <laughs> i've calmed down on a lot of things since then just listen to my critique on this show so you know, thanks for all joining us all on Rise of the Villains. Uh, you know, join us uh, back in. It's either coming back in January or February, if we're not sure, with um, 
a possibly pregnant Lee, a more homicidal Jim Gordon, more Harvey Bullock, you know, with short-term memory loss, more Alfred calling Bruce Moss to be, more Selena Kyle saying, look, kid, 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 and more <laughs> Gordon talking like this and doing what he wants to do. So until then, this is Josh. This is Don. And this is guest Ed. And you've been listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast. A city of throat cancer. <laughs> oh, God. City of throat cancer, city of short-term memory, city of villains. City of Don? Yo, hey, Ed, how you doing, man? Oh, man, what are you doing? Uh, you know, you know, ignore that sound. Everything's everything. Um, it is. Yeah, I, I really don't have all day. So I, I'd like to, like, knock this out in, like, 60 minutes or less. <laughs> well, we, we, we respect your limits on time. At least I, love, I do. I, I love how you delivered that. Like, you know, I really don't have all day. Like, uh, I, 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 ladies, I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> It's been that kind of week. No, no, I'm, I'm the same way. I have to, I have to go to freaking work in probably about an hour, but I can, um, I can buy some time because I ran the errand that I was supposed to run at four right before the podcast. But that's a long story. Well, there's um, not a lot. There's not a lot to talk about. <clears throat> yeah, it's not like you know anyone <laughs> got pregnant, anyone was killed, anyone was re- you know. Frozen? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like this is a very mundane episode of Gotham. They just yeah. like, <laughs> like Captain Barnes just called everyone in the room and said, "All right, guys, you know, no crime this week. Let's all talk about our feelings." We're going after overdue library books this week, boys. Yeah, and they all went around, you know, talking about what had been upsetting each other and became better friends. Ed said, "You know, Bullock, when when you make fun of my riddles, it makes me feel inadequate because riddles are the only thing that makes me feel like I'm as smart as you guys." <laughs> and then Bullock said, you know, Gordon, you know, when you when you make fun of my short-term memory loss, I don't know if Ed knows about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how frequently Ed knows our inside jokes in this show, but right. they are incessant. There, there was like three or four episodes last season where like Bullock would say to Gordon, wait, you and the doc are dating? What? And, yeah, uh, that did seem to be a thing. It was funny because I was listening to your guys' uh, Thanksgiving episode in the car on the way back from the office this afternoon. And uh, I was just dying when you guys were like, it's not like he's going to have, like, a freeze gun. Like, <laughs> I know! <laughs> <laughs> Probably shouldn't, but, you know. I called Don the second that that happened, but... I, I, I facepalmed him, and we'll get into that in the episode. Alright. But... Yeah. That, that's your secret, Don. You're always angry. Ugh, that's Marvel! I'm going to talk about Marvel in this podcast! Just chill, I'm not Dustin. You can talk about Marvel. I gotta rip it down now. <laughs> we imitate Dustin on this podcast a lot. Which oh, frequency? That's be fun. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's 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 gotten like pretty out of hand. Like last year in the middle of an episode, like we uh, we photoshopped like him with like Kermit the Frog, and but Kermit the Frog's face was like Barbara Jean. Interesting. And, and then we like you know like called him onto the show and like had him react to it. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he's he's always he's always the straight man. He's like, okay, I don't know why you did this, but uh, you, oh yeah, you, you can't really tag me in that photo. <laughs> It'll ruin my my secret identity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We can't have my family knowing that like I'm secretly a, a reporter with Kermit the Frog. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't I don't feel like we've fulfilled an episode of the Comic Cast unless I give him to laugh at least once. You know, just trying to get him to laugh for two hours every two weeks is is part of my joys in life. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, I am at the ATM because apparently I have to grab cash for this client. Get cash. So you're going to hear ATM sounds for the next few seconds. I like, uh, when I was on mute earlier, I sent her a text saying, hey, this errand that you wanted me to run, they don't take credit cards. I need, like, I, I, so I have to run to the ATM and get $100. And she's like, that's why I gave you that check earlier. I said, I'm, I'm aware of that, but I don't carry $100 on cash with me. So I'm going to the ATM. She's like, oh. you don't carry cash anymore? Nobody, I, yeah, exactly. Like, I, 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 I do actually need to go deposit it, like, right after this. 